There are five times more hires made through Indeed.com than any other job site. Imagine a lottery that had five times more winners. A Sunday with five times more touchdowns. When you're hiring, it makes five times more sense to use Indeed. Right now, we're giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job on the world's number one job site. Claim your $50 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Today, every company knows they need to be on social media. However, there is still a fundamental challenge to find the appropriate mix and the real ROI of social media. Well, my guest today understands those challenges and how to manage them. In fact, I knew him when he was at Bloomberg running social there, and now he's the managing director and head of social business and collaboration for Accenture Digital. I'm talking about Rob Harles. Accenture is the leading global professional services company providing clients a broad range of services and solutions in strategy, consulting, digital, technology, and operations. Now, Rob joined Accenture from Bloomberg, as I mentioned, where he built the social media strategy and initiatives worldwide. We worked side by side when we were working with my television show. And now he, he's the guy who knows social media, and he's here today to help us understand the best ways to use social for business. Welcome, Rob. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, so Rob, first off, I got to ask you, how did you get into the business of social? I mean, when you think of Accenture, it's not the first thing I think about when I think about Accenture, but you're doing the social side of it, but how did you get started in social? Yeah, that that story goes back a while, probably as long as social has been around, about 12 years or more. And uh, I I really got into it because I was was on the senior operating team for uh, Comscore, and one of my clients uh, was looking to put together a community. They weren't even talking about social, just wanted to put together a community understand what their clients, their best clients and customers were thinking, hopefully to anticipate their purchase decisions. And better or worse, I, I jumped into it both both feet, didn't know what it was called, didn't know if I was going to do anything useful in it. Uh, but that's how I got into it and uh, started building uh, uh, loyalty communities to begin with. And then Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and other things started taking off and we started having to think about how to use all these different platforms to, um, you know, hopefully build better relationships with, uh, with customers and other audiences. You know, we, we, you, you said 12 years, but I, you know, I would say that social hasn't been around for that long. I mean, when I think about social, I'm thinking about Twitter, thinking about LinkedIn, yeah. I'm thinking about Facebook, um, Instagram. I mean, I, but you're saying it's longer than that. Why are you saying it's longer? Yeah, I'm saying it's longer because I think, uh, and if I'm if I'm totally frank, I think it's been around much longer than that because it's the it's it's less the technologies and the platforms. It's more the ability to interact with people in a social way. Yeah. And um, you know whether it was originally uh, you know talking to people face to face or on the phone or through email or on the web or through forums or um, you know on Twitter. Uh, you know, all these are kind of applications of the same thing. It's the ability to interact with people and 
hopefully on the same level and, and demonstrate that they matter. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I, and the reason I was asking the question, I want to get to a point, because I I think it's been around forever. I mean, social was something yeah. that we, you know, it was clubs, it was the Rotary Club, it was the it was the Chamber of Commerce, it was the Junior League, yeah. it, you know, all that stuff was around before, but we were really limited in its scale because you couldn't communicate across, you know, people with lots of numbers or zeros. You can only do it in person or through, maybe through a mailing. You know, that even a mailing was an early version of some of the technology you'd use for the community. But it's all about your community, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to I, – I somewhat joked, but I think I was being serious about it, which was, you know, I think we've come full circle. Uh, we, you know, we were – if you go yeah. back – you know, a hundred plus years, you know, we were a nation of shopkeepers, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the benefit of that at the time was that you got to know people pretty well and you knew, you know, maybe the hundred, 200 people that, that lived near you and you, you anticipated their needs. You cared about their, if you're a good salesperson, you cared about who they were and, and what, what was going on in their lives. And you, you actually had a social connection with them. Yeah. And then as we became far more, uh, uh, you know, far more uh, disparate and larger in terms of the things we had to do to ju- generate efficiencies. We got further and further away from the customer to the point you had to have vast army uh, to do customer research, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to know who the customer was. Rather than just ask them, you know, hey, what yeah. do you think of this, right? <laughs> you know what, you, you, Joe, you matter to me. Yeah. Let me figure out how I can help you. I might not be able to help you today, but let me see if I can help you tomorrow. Yeah, and you might still be pissed off. You might still be mad, but uh, here at least I'm trying, you know? Yeah, it, it, absolutely. It's, you know, someone, I, I, I said this on the show before. I've said it many times in many public forums, but, you know, I was at a I was at a sales point, sales 2.0 thing for Selling Power Magazine, and somebody got up and spoke and said, it's all about the relationships now. And I thought, well, when the hell did it ever stop being about the relationship? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what well, you're you're saying, right? I mean, it's always about that. It, it's a relationship and the engagement between the two. Right. I mean, people ask me what what's best practice. You know, you could, a thousand different things in best practice. And, yeah. And I always come back to the same thing. Well, what's the best practice in making friends or introducing yourself to a business colleague? Well, right. You, do, you, do you walk into a bar and you know go up to the first person you see and say, "Would you like to go home with me?" Or do you actually? Well, for some people, some people do, I think, but it doesn't always work. It's not very good. (laughs) But um, let's say for now that most people aren't in that in that boat, but they they actually have to take time to get to know someone Mm -hmm. and and figure out if they want to be friends and figure out what kind of shared interests they have. I think it's true in business. I think that's true in, you know, in in our day to day. It's true in our personal lives as well as in our professional lives. See, I think it's going to be good. I think it's, you know, I think it's going to get harder. easier and harder here's why i say that i think it's going to be easier because we're able to do it harder because we have to do it and 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 you know i used to be able to spray and pray and that kind of stuff but now it's people are opting out and saying nope don't want to talk to you don't want to hear you i've really got to work hard to get their business and keep it which is the way it's always been or used to be but but we had i think we had a period of business where we just didn't give a shit and we just gave eight hundred numbers and and we said you got to do it this way and this way and now people are saying no I'm not doing it that way anymore. Right and, and by the way it's a lot easier to lose lose the relationship than yeah. it is to <laughs> maintain it. Right? So it's it, even the things you need to do once you've built a relationship, which is the hardest thing in the in the world to do, is, is to, to to keep it fresh, to keep it going. To, 
to to touch touch base with people to 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 be genuine about it, and it's the hardest thing to do when yeah. you're trying to make your numbers or Wall Street's breathing down your neck. See, I think your community is, and I tell people now, especially speakers, authors, people that are looking to get into the media business. You know, you know, I've got my own TV shows, radio, and so forth. But I, I tell people that it, you know, build your community, and that's your new broadcast network. I mean, that's that's it. That's by the way, that's it for every business. And I heard I was somebody said something to me the other day in a meeting, and I wrote it down. And I don't have it handy, but but basically, that the community is something that you earn over time. And it's a very fragile thing that one must we must hold precious, and you and, and I think that fits into your philosophy of what you're teaching, right? Right. No, it does. And you know, I I kind of go you know even a little bit further in the sense that I I just say, look, this stuff is hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone always approaches me and says, well, you know, so social is great because it's so inexpensive. I don't have to spend so much money on it, and I you know I have a few folks who are. You know, 23, 24, 25 doing it. Um, and even those that, that spend some serious money on it, you know, large brands. And what they don't do is think about how, how does it really need to fit into the overall organization? It, it should be able to transform what how I work as a business, right? Yep. Not just another champ. Well, I want to... Yeah, the, the, I think we throw it off. I'm going to get back to that, but let me let me just take a quick break real quick because I, I do want to take one. I've got to take a couple, as you know. Uh, I want to talk talk about uh, SaneBox for a second. This is a company I found uh, by accident. Someone recommended it to me because it started showing up on emails. I would see this little thing called Sane, S-A-N-E, and I know what is this? And so I was spending hours and hours sorting out what's important and what's not in my email box, and I was getting swamped. And so I've, somebody sent me this, and basically they tagged it on an email. Well, what I found out is that with SaneBox, I can intelligently sort my emails and put them into different folders. And after about three, two or three days, it teaches my email and it gets rid of all these emails I don't want to see. And it also keeps track. So, Rob, if I'm trying to sell you, I don't know, a sponsorship or I'm trying to sell you to come onto the show, I can put in there, say, uh, three day, 3D for three days at SaneBox. And if you don't get back to me within three days, it pops back up in my inbox and then I come after you. And um, it's kind of like a great stocking tool. And it's so anyway, I'm giving away two free weeks of this product if you want it. It, it runs you about they got they get a lunch, dinner, all you can eat plan. That's what they call it. Um, call and go to www.sanebox s a n e box dot com forward slash hazlet h a y z l e t t and I'll give you two free weeks of the product. And I love these guys. It's, it's a cool product. It, it's my it's my number one uh, time saving. And efficiency, I call it efficiency tool. So um, maybe you should look at that too, Rob. You know, I'm sure you get a lot of emails in Accenture because you're, yeah, hundreds a day, hundreds and hundreds. But let's get back to this this notion of tossing it off. Don't don't you think a lot of companies? And then I want I really want to get into your report because you got this great report that's out. Um, But but before we kind of get into it, I know that's some of the learnings you got off the report. But but what I'd like to know is is um, what? Why is it that as companies we we just kind of like toss off the social, which is the interaction with our customers, and we kind of give it give it to somebody we we don't that doesn't have any seniority that really doesn't always have any kind of knowledge. They're just brand new. Oh, it's, he's my Twitter guy. He's my tweet. He's tweeting for us. 
Yeah, it's it's a great question, and I think it has its origins in, in the um, in the realization that when when this first hit the scene, um, most people just didn't know anything about it, right? It, it was yeah. almost like when the web was the first the first thing that people saw the web, right? And it was like, ooh, I don't know what to do with that. Well, I can remember the first time I I, I used to sit in the corner office, mahogany walls, all bit when I was a chief marketing officer, and I remember the team coming to me and talking to me, said, "Well, show me how to do it." And then they helped me set up the account. I remember them helping me set up a Hootsuite and everything. And I and I put it on a monitor. And I used to watch all that stuff all the time. And I literally had to have them show me how to do it when it first came on board. Right. And, and who, who who usually does that? It's usually some of the, the – the, the, you get the people who maybe don't always have, you know, other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> or they're new or they're new intern or, you know, and, and they're, they're more native because they – experimented with these things in the off hours and they understand it and you get them to do it right because they're great practitioners yeah but when uh, you're talking when you're talking but when you're talking to united you're talking to accenture you're talking to whatever the company is you're talking you think you're talking to the authority i mean that you're talking to the company because that's the face of the company and if you put some you know 14 year old kid or 21 year old kid and i'm not knocking 21 year olds but if they don't know the policies of the company they don't know what we're trying to drive in terms of its essence, they could blow the whole thing with a stupid response. Sure. And there, you know, the world is littered with that history already, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of bad ones. Exactly. Right? But it, it's, I actually think it's more than that, too, which is, I, 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 yes, you're right. When, when I want to scare a CEO, I say, you know, you, what are you doing with social? They're, well, we have, you know, these folks doing it. And I'm like, well, you know, are, are you comfortable with putting your brand in the hands of, you know, people who maybe know the brand the least or have worked in the business um, the least? And then that, that scares them. Yeah. But more you, importantly, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. More importantly, I think it, w- w- what's missing here is that there needs to be an evolution of, of, of human skill sets in this area. It's not just that you're a good practitioner or that you're young. It, it's that's fine. I think the big issue is you have to figure out. Um, you know, uh, can these people really understand the business? Yeah. How do they get into the business and use these tools more effectively? If they don't know how to do that, if they don't know the business, then how are you going to ever get any impact out of this, right? You're never going to be able to measure the effectiveness. You're going to always outsource it to an agency or to a handful of folks who are really interested in the company rather than really drive something meaningful out of it. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't understand. This is like if I were a CEO of a company, one, I wouldn't give – I would own the brand, meaning meaning I'm going to own our interaction and promise to the customer. And and in this right. case, the same thing with the voice. I want to have that at the highest tenets. Now, I, look, I'm not knocking young people. I'm not knocking somebody that's doing because I don't want anyone to see that. But I want to make sure they have the knowledge to understand this is our mission and goals. Now, you guys you guys put out a report, yeah, Rob, you and the Accenture team called Boil a Better Ocean, Five Core Tenets of Creating the Social Enterprise. And that's getting to what we're talking about here. It's, it's, it's not saying here's the rules and regs, but it's saying, are you sitting down and thinking through the end result of what you want to, what you want to drive? I mean, and I think that's critical for someone to think their community, their social, their engagement in that manner. So what, what are some of the things that you pulled out of that report? So I, I, I talk about the five things. I mean, the, 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 the number one is business 101. It's, it's knowing your customer, right? Yeah. It, it's not, it sounds simple, but it's the hardest thing to do right? sometimes because 
we like to think that we we kind of manage our business to an audience mm-hmm. rather than manage to the customer. We think, oh, you know, our customers are X. And it used to be we do, you know, 16-week segmentation. <laughs> you know, and then by the time you've got the segmentation, you've got to figure out what, what the customer you think is, is the audience is that's going to be here for your product. It's moved on, right? And in this day and age, it moves on even faster. Yeah. So really understanding and using this data that's coming out of this very carefully. Well, that's one of the things so I saw. Know, yeah, I saw that. Only yeah. 40% of the organizations are using the data gained from social media to improve their bottom line. I'm going, what right. the hell? You know, I, I, always, I, always, I always give people the the, uh, the image that if you've ever saw that, that Lucille Ball episode where she and Vivian went to the chocolate factory. Yeah, it's classic. And they're trying to and put them in, and it comes faster and faster. All the chocolates fall on the floor. Yeah. That's exactly what we have with the big data um, phenomenon today. Yeah. That it sounds great, and we're doing all kinds of experimentation all over the place, but we're not getting to fundamentals. We're not putting it into context and using that data to drive an action. Well, I, lo- I love the the, the tenet of center. The, that first one is center on the customer, but then you also talk about the second one, which is require tangible ROI. So, yeah. so how can you fully measure? the ROI of social media. Now I, I, you know, return on ignoring, I used to call, I used to call it not return on investment, but return on ignoring. But, uh, so yeah, yeah. how do you tie that? How, how can you prove that? Well, this is where I think it's, it's again, business 101, mm-hmm. which is I tend to start. And I think Accenture does and others who worked with us, we tend to start with the idea of what is, put everything aside for a second. Let's not even talk about social. When I'm in an organization, whether it was at Bloomberg when I was on the client side or on Accenture now, I always start with what's your business problem? What are you really trying to accomplish? You know, and if it's, you know, 12 months from now, I've got to have, uh, I have to double my revenue or I need to come up with three new big ideas or I need, that is so critical. And unfortunately, where I think we, we fall down, particularly as social practitioners, is we always think about the social stuff first. Like, what can we do to make something go viral? What can we do to yeah. build engagement? How do we build up the audience? Isn't that cool? Hey, let's create a viral video. Okay, wait, wait a second. How the hell do you do that? You know? <laughs> and I'm not, again, I'm not beating anyone up, but, you know, yeah. everyone looks at Dunk in the Dark as a great example of a viral yeah. campaign, and it was. It was tremendously uh, creative. Well, the conversation I want to have is how many cookies did it sell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you, when you ask me the question about how do you make the connection, the first step of making that connection is to, to work in reverse. So what is the business objective? Let's try to, to figure out how I can support that with social. And by the way, not just social, all the other elements that I'm going to have on the digital side. And then let's figure out, it, is it important for us to, to, to focus on conversion? Is it important for us just to find new people? so that we can have uh, a perspective uh, pool of customers that we didn't have before. Is it important to find five new uh, important uh, pieces of information or insights that we didn't have before? Um, is it important to have, in, in, in a year's time or 18 months' time, one new big idea? Mm-hmm. That's how I would measure it. 
which you can get from the, I mean, from social. I used to use social not only just to listen and engage with the customer, but listen and engage in a way that would drive sales because we get sales leads from it. I, to even today, that's my number one source of sales leads for my speaking business is the social interaction from various groups. Say, hey, come, we want a speaker, come, you know, come talk to us. The, the other one is when I was at Kodak, I would use it for product enhancements. People would give us suggestions on social. They would say how they would use the product. And then by listening to that and have, having a chief listening officer, we used to listen for those conversations and just, you know, not always having to say, hey, thanks for your idea, because you didn't need to do that. You could just watch how they were using it, and that would give us product enhancements that we'd put back in the products. So that's great, a t- great example. Another yeah. great example is I often get asked to put together influencer oh, yeah. strategies. Yeah, all the time. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, well, great. Who, what do you want to influence? Or how do you want to influence? Or what are they supposed to do for you? Yeah. And usually what it is is that, you know, anyone who's embarked on this often has gone down the path is we just need to identify our heavy users, our most loyal customers, and we need to talk to them more. <laughs> and I go, well, great, but do they want you to talk to them more or do you need to deliver something tangible of value? Uh, well, but we can send stuff to them and they'll send it to their networks. So I'm like, yeah. it doesn't really work that way. It doesn't work right? that you way, to- yeah. If it did, what would you get out of it? How would you measure that it was effective? But if you can get them to so, drink the Kool, but if you can get them to drink the Kool Aid, Rob, I'm gonna give you a good example. When I when I had my last book, Think Big, Act Bigger, you know, we ran some contest. In the contest, if you refer, if you tweeted out, if you referred it, your name got entered in more, and you had a chance to win prizes each week. And we found out that 20% of our audience accounted for 80% of our book sales. And I moved literally. Uh, 80,000 books, 80,000 sales of books, which if you know in the book industry right. is huge, and all because yep. of that campaign. And it was those 20% of the people who did the, had the heavy, you know, it's Pareto principle. But but therein is that, that's a real ROI, man. Here's a great, that's a great, great story. And here's another one that, that's maybe even more mundane, right? <laughs> it's the idea that the most overlooked thing, it's, it's a little known secret, but the, little, the most overlooked thing that I would even classify as social, but no one thinks of it as social, is reviews. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? If, if people ask me, you know, like, what's the secret of success for that? Like, it's having great content that people want to look at. You're telling a story, and they're getting value out of it, and they're making a decision off of it. Yeah. And if you have that, that's amazing. And if you actually do something with the data and, and, the, and the commentary that's coming out of it to improve your service or your product, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, but what about this, Rob? Rob what if, I mean, because here's the question that's going to happen. What about somebody who gives us a bad review? I mean, they just trash us. I, I know the answer to this question, yeah. but I'm asking you. The you know, They trash it. What are you going to do? Yeah, uh, Northwestern Business School did a study on this. The, the math, essentially, of, <laughs> of, uh, of reviews. And it was interesting. I mean, one thing that was found in that study was that bad reviews are as important as good reviews. Yeah. Um, that people actually make decisions are more likely to buy if they've actually seen some bad reviews mixed in with the good. Yep. <laughs> because they're actually getting useful information. People are smart enough to figure out if someone's just blowing steam. Yeah. You can't but have all fives. For, you can't have all fives on your reviews. Yeah. You can't. There's no way. Right. Right. You can't have all fives. You can't have a hundred people that are you know, that are all positive. I mean, people start thinking there's something wrong here. Someone's got to be upset about something. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But, but also, it's so valuable to have the bad reviews because. Even if that's a, an outlier, even if that's an edge case, as a as a, a brand, as a provider of products, as a provider of service, you want to know that. 
because that edge case could blossom into something else that you didn't realize sooner than you think. So it's just so valuable on different different um, uh, levels that I think it's so overlooked that that right now you know if you just focused on that as a as a brand you could really move the needle in terms of actual conversion. Um, and that's what Amazon has done. I mean, they, they don't produce stuff themselves per se. They do have things like the Fire and Kindle, and but but their their storefront, those reviews are worth their weight in gold. Because even if you go buy something, that'll be the first place you check when you go online. It's the first yeah. thing that gets crawled by Google. Yeah, it, it's important to have that. It's all your throughput. You know, they've got those Vine reviews on there. I, I had a guy for, who's a Vine reviewer, which they ship out free books, uh, my books, to these guys. And this guy panned my book, didn't like it at all. He gave me a, I mean, he trashed me. It was interesting to read it. And then I went, oh, what other things has this guy's ever, ever reviewed? And the way he reviews vacuum cleaners. And I thought, so I literally wrote, well, you suck. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> he, he pissed me off. But anyway, a side, a side note, you know, it's like, here's a guy that, and, and you, because it bothers you when you get a bad review, you know, I'm going, what can I have done that was better than this? And then, then I go, ah, the guy, he writes reviews on vacuum cleaners. He's not my target audience. Well, uh, so of course you didn't get what my book was about. That's okay. Hey, I got to take another That's break. Awful. Hey, excuse me for two seconds. I got to take a break. I got paid, man. Uh, Liberty Tax, you know, tax season's over, but it's great to have the good folks at Liberty Tax on board all business. I love these guys. Uh, these guys are out there. Oh, you always see them as the waivers a lot of times on the streets because that's one of their, their big things. They put out a Lady Liberty and she gets out there and, or he, she, he gets out there either one because they have uh, their, their equal opportunity when it comes to waving and you'll see them. So if you're looking to get into the business, you can, they got, they got seasonal franchise opportunities. So you can just buy the season or you can go and work for them or, you know, use it for your own business or, or uh, personal tax services. So looked at Liberty Tax. So There are five times more hires made through Indeed.com than any other job site. Imagine a lottery that had five times more winners, a Sunday with five times more touchdowns. When you're hiring, it makes five times more sense to use Indeed. Right now, we're giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job on the world's number one job site. Claim your $50 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Um, what you think businesses are are getting it now? You think they're finally waking up and saying this isn't about tweeting out your meal. This isn't about you know tweeting just complaints. It's really about real engagement. You think the C suite's getting it now, Rob? Yeah, it's a great question. I think what I'd say is they're starting to ask the right question. I don't know that all the businesses understand the answer yet or have the answer um and and honestly it's hard because it's, it's such a fast-moving area that you can't you couldn't have all the answers all the time but the question uh, the fundamental question that's starting to get asked amongst most of the c-suite i interact with is how do okay this is all great we've been doing it for five years six years 12 years whatever you want to tell me how are we driving strategic impact because if you can tell me that i'm going to i'm going to double the funding triple the funding for this uh, I'm going to ensure that the rest of the organization is using this. See, I think right the now, social, I think but I think the social side of this, Rob, is where 
we're starting to see, I think, very progressive companies starting to recognize it's really tied to customer service, which is really tied to sales. And it, um, yeah. in fact, one company I'm on a board, and they, they have a social CRM system. You know, and I think that's I, that pretty kind of sums it up. I mean, that's really what this is about. How come we don't see more social connected together with the customer service? That's a terrific one. And we are actually working on that now with mm-hmm. a number of clients. The, the challenge has been that, again, like so much of social, it's grown up as an organic orphan. Yeah. And some bright sparks in the organization said, you know what? We have to be answering these questions. Yeah. <laughs> and so they'll have their social media command center. And I always laugh a little bit because no matter how fancy your social media command center is, you always find it in the same place somewhere in a basement. <laughs> and there's three people looking at it and going, I think we should answer that one. Yeah, <laughs> right? that, yeah. And that's the extent of the command center. And, you know, in truth, it's a lot harder when you start thinking about, you know, mixing social in with the call center uh, process, with the chat process. But all of that has to happen. And usually where they get stuck is they're, they're, uh, most clients who are doing this in any major way. And I, can, I could name, but I will not use the name of a major airline that actually cottoned on to this early that we were working with. Um, was that they realized they had to knit this into the into the fabric of the organization to be effective. But where most of them fall down is that they become uh, victims of their own success. The more they answer questions, the more questions they get. The more yeah. they fix a complaint, the more complaints they get. And then it becomes crazy because someone will look later on and say, well, wait a minute now. It used to cost me you know, 20 cents uh, uh, per, per call or 20%, 20 cents per uh, event. And now you guys are charging my all-in costs for all of this is like a, a dollar fifty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're you're the most expensive channel I've got. And the problem is that yes, that that does happen because you can't scale this thing linearly. You have to think very carefully at some point about how you're going to triage questions. What what things do you answer? When do you answer? And what fashion do you answer? It goes back to the influencer question too. Who are the people asking the questions? Who do you need to get to right away? If you don't recognize it, you're in trouble, right? So um, it needs it needs a, a much lighter touch and one that includes the other channels. And where we've done this, and, and you know, at scale, we've been able to uh, assume that nobody's coming in specifically because they want to talk on social. They might have come into social, you know, third time around because they didn't get any, any answer on their in the call center or the IVR prompt. Or they could have gone to your website and not found any of the content that you should have had there because you've had this question 15 times and you could have curated that answer and put it there so they could actually get it. That Those are the sorts of problems we wrestle with. You know, the other piece of it that's part of your plan is the govern effectively, the one of the tenants. And I think that kind of sets in here, you're talking about that, to, to, to really put the parameters around... Because otherwise, you could get pulled into the. It's like a tar baby into the. You could be pulled right into the quicksand and never get out, if you're answering each one. I mean, I go back to when my customer service team or PR team, actually a PR team, used to read and watch the tweets, and they would run over and say, "Well, this person's having a problem with their camera, or this, or this, or that. We need to send them a free camera." So they quit tweeting, and I'm going, "No, that's not the right answer. Fix the freaking camera. Fix the problem." You know, we got a problem. It's not just that camera. It's all those cameras, and that model's got a, a deficiency in it. So, you know. Well, the problem. Go ahead. I think you're right. And, and the problem with governance today, for the most part, is, again, um, this capability has grown up in multiple places, more often than not, organically. Yeah. It's not connected to the business. It, the people who are doing it are not 
customer care people. Right? So you need to get the customer care people involved and to get the analytics teams involved so that you can actually find uh, more than the one-offs. Otherwise, you're just going to be answering one-offs, to your point, forever. And that's mm-hmm. just not cost-effective. Yeah, I like the I like the idea of thinking deeper. I think that's the the learning I'm starting to get out of this is that you know you continually think through the different scenarios, and when you do this, what's the outcome of this? When you press this, what's going to happen here? Because the first thing is to is to kind of react like those PR people and just say placate the problem, but that doesn't fix the problem. Yeah, yeah. no, it doesn't. I I like to say, and I had a you know we had this conversation earlier is. This, this has to be part of your culture, right? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem that we've got is that we're not building this into the culture, that it's customer first, right? But you have to think carefully about it and think about how you, how you execute. And you need to be able to take this information and port it into the rest of the organization in real time. That's tough. It's hard to do today when everybody's arguing about three or four data lakes they might have, and that's a novel idea, right? Yeah. You know, who owns what data? Right. Um, but where I've seen it work the best, and I'm not even just talking in social context, I'm talking about organizations that feel that analytics and data and the customer are important, you need to understand it, it has to be everybody, not just a few teams, but everybody in the organization, and they hire accordingly. Uh, from my experience, it's been companies like, you know, Capital One, you know, Google, <laughs> uh, Amazon, right? They, it, It's got to be in the mindset of, Every single person that works there. Wow. So let me, um, again, speaking of um, just great brands, I want to talk about one of my biggest sponsors and of all business, which every is, and that's uh, Duncan. Duncan, you know, everyone knows that America runs on Duncan, and right here it's the fastest retailer of coffee by the cup. They're rich, bold blends. Love these guys. It, you know, America truly runs on Dunkin', so don't forget to swing by your local Dunkin' and pick up a cup. And then don't forget, man, they got, oh, I love that bacon sandwich in the morning. That's a pretty good one, too. I love that. How about, let me ask you another question around speed. Because uh, I know we got to wrap up here, but um, how does how does speed to the market blend in with all this in terms of social? Because it's tough for companies because they've got to go run it up the flagpole for some, some, some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a bigger question than social, right? It's, it's everything in the organization. Speed is essential in this day and age because we've, we realize that uh, the markets, uh, our customers, uh, their decisions, the decisions that are affecting us all change on a dime, right? They, they, it's no longer a slow boat. Right? Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to shift gears very quickly. And, you know, in the entrepreneurial uh, sector, it's often around, you know, making decisions, failing quickly and changing changing your, your course, right? Uh, so you know, we always talk about pivoting, right? Well, that's great. In, in, with larger organizations, it's hard to pivot. It's hard to make those decisions fast. But what's important is, at the very least, getting this information to the hands of people who can make a decision quickly and take action. Where it, it goes wrong is that, that Lucille Ball analogy where it's just falling on the floor, and it has a sell-by date, just like chocolate, right? It's just, yeah. You don't pick up on something, it's gone. You, you, you missed it. You, you know, someone else has picked up on it, great. And again, I think we talked about it in terms of building that muscle memory in an organization where everybody is firing on all cylinders and, and little pieces of information can make a big difference. Liberating that information is, is, is the key, and that's the key to speed. If, if it's all contained within uh, you know, the, a, a circular wall around a particular group, whether it be the social media team or the marketing team or the corporate communications team, and you don't have a plan to, 
to, to kind of break those barriers down to get that information out, that's where that's where you run into trouble. That's where it all bogs down, and you you basically waste your opportunity. Hey, um, as we wrap up, where can they get this report? Because I, I I found it really interesting. Of course, you guys sent it to me, but and I read it. But uh, how can someone get more on the on boil boil and a better ocean? Five core tenets for creating the social enterprise. Yeah, it's on our Accenture site, so okay. you can find it on our uh, in our social Great. section of our, our our website. We can share it too, by all means. So we can, after this, if you want to tweet it out, we can do that as well. It's a pretty simple link. We'll do that. Hey, Rob, what a pleasure, man! I really appreciate it. As always. All right. Cheers. All right, so, so. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned, and what I learned was about community again, all right? You want to make social work, it's been around forever, but you want to make it work, you concentrate on your community, you concentrate on where you want to go and how you want to be able to treat people. It's like the golden rule, how do you want to be treated? You treat the people like you want to be treated. That's what you want to do. So if you're the CEO of the company, you're the leader of the company, you're listening to this right now, or you're a leader in the company, hey, do not let you know, someone just be the only person who's doing the tweeting, the posting and all that. You need to own the conversation just like you own the brand. The brand's nothing but a promise delivered. Well, the social is the interaction with that customer. Who's better to do it than you? That's right. You. That's what I learned is never let go of being you and that connection, whether it's listening, engaging, talking, visiting, tweeting, or just shaking someone's hand. Don't let somebody else have that responsibility. You own it. I mean, other people are going to do it, obviously. I mean, they're going to, you got a lot of people working for you, but you want them all to know and all come from the same place with the same kind of culture and mood about taking care of the community. It's very fragile. So don't screw it up. Okay, that's what I learned today. And I liked it. I like the conversation. I always have a great time when I talk to Rob. I learn new things. And by the way, you want to learn something new? Do me a favor, help somebody else learn something new, and that is share this show. Rate the show, go on iTunes, you can rate it right there from the app. I'd appreciate that, that helps me. And then also, if you'd share it, because, uh, man, that's how you learn about All Business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on cbsplay.it and on iTunes. Thanks so much. most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.